Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have the pleasure to welcome stateside fan Tim Bysance to chat through his fandom from across the pond, his time during lockdown, and we are finally able to talk football once again as we prepare for our first game against Norwich next Friday. Feels really good to say that. Uh, But before we bring in Tim, you know the drill, my co-hosts, the brilliant Statman Steve, and of course the one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you guys? I'm absolutely cracking. Yeah, we're finally out of lockdown. Um, Maybe it's a bit too early. But all the restrictions were lifted uh, quite out of the blue on Monday. They announced that we'd be allowed to do whatever we want come Tuesday as long as we do it in a mask and gloves. Mate, why am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised that that Putin has decided that, yeah, enough's enough? What, you had like two weeks less than us? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, we started a little bit later than you. But, I mean, it's, it's done on a regional level, so it's actually officially the mayor of Moscow who announced it. Oh, OK. Oh, I suppose most of your cases are in Moscow anyway, aren't they? 
It's true, yeah. But, I mean, there's sort of localised uh, epidemics all around the country. I mean, it's still not good. We're getting another thousand or two everyday cases. But, you know, life has to go on at some point, doesn't it? It does, it does. Um, and Steve, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, it's been a it's been a fun week. I've had a wisdom tooth flare up, so it's oh, been a yes. yeah, we just quite nice to deal with. How, how are you dealing with that now? Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a lot better. Um, I've had some antibiotics, so that seems to have helped the problem. But I'm gonna have to get it removed, so uh, that should be should be fun. I don't envy you. Sorry, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, a little, a little bit of good news. We've got we've got some football coming up soon next week, actually, so we can discuss football once again. You can get your stats going again, so that should be good. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new logo as well, which I'm really happy with. You have indeed. And that was done by your brother Nathan. Yeah, yeah, he's um he's pretty creative, so I kind of set him to the task, and yeah, to to it like a fish to water. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. Good job. I'm really, really pleased with it. So, yeah, I saw a couple of shock comments on uh, Twitter. Um, people thought that Saints had changed uh, their logo. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I saw. I saw. Um, I'd take that compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's not uh, keep Tim waiting any longer. So, Tim, welcome to In That Number. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you on. Um, thanks for joining us so early because, as I say, you are calling from North Carolina. So I guess it's quite an early one for you. So thanks for doing that. Uh, you're welcome. 8 a.m. is not too early here for me, at least getting up and enjoying the morning coffee. That's good. That's good. Um, before we talk football, firstly, uh, how are you dealing with the isolation? <laughs> well, uh, actually, there's not really much that's changed for me. Uh, I work in a hospital as it is, and so my job has always been essential. So going in there and doing the different roles that I have, uh, it's really, it's, I, w- I just wouldn't really recommend working at a hospital during a pandemic. It's not something that I would tell people it's a great idea. But, be- but beyond that, uh, just being able to, I don't travel at all really, just been, pretty much been in, I would say, say isolation area, but really just haven't traveled or gone anywhere or done much of anything when it comes to recreation. Not much has changed for me, to be honest, because I say I work, I work mostly through the night. So yeah, so the only thing that's changed is the fact that I can't go to the to the pub with my mates and stuff like that. I can't have a game of football, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see Kev anyway, because obviously being in in Moscow, we don't get a chance to see each other anyway. So it's not much of a big deal with Kev. I mean, <laughs> you, would you have come back to the UK in this time anyway? Um, yeah, I was planning on going to catch the match. <coughs> Um, in April or May and um, yeah we're supposed to be going on a holiday on Friday oh, that didn't happen yeah. so the best part about the the lockdown though is that even though we're I've, I've got friends all over the US that been able to really stay in touch with them and it's really with both my family and the friends being able to connect everyone has been really um, it's really been uplifting during a time when you're don't feel like you can go out, but you can still mm. reach out to others, and people are willing to do a video chat where they wouldn't mm. normally do it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, I've, I've been chatting with my family on Zoom quite a bit, and the kids have been doing it with their friends from school and stuff like that, so it's good they've been able to connect with that. Um, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about new skills that we've taken up during this lockdown. Um, Steve had taken up... Jared, Steve, have you kept that up? Uh, uh, yeah, I have. I'm, uh, I'm on a 73-day streak on Duolingo, so it's going strong. Hey, thank you, excellent. thank you. 
Um, and I was just saying to the to the guys as well that I haven't actually learned anything new. Uh, I've just been quite lazy with it. But how about you? Have you tried your hand at any new skills? So, uh, I've so on the work wise, I've acquired another full time job as someone left and they didn't replace her. They, they didn't replace the position. So kind of been taking up a lot of that. Oh. But mostly the the ability to go to sleep early. What's that? Eight o'clock? Eight fifteen? It's time to brush your teeth. <laughs> Put some face lotion on, crack uh, crack open a book, and nine o'clock, I'm 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 hitting the pillow pretty easily. So you said crack open a beer for a second. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, brush your teeth, crack open a beer. <laughs> yeah. Just in that order, it's great. It's the usual Monday for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I understand that you were raised in Chicago, but now based in North Carolina. So. Michael Jordan must be an absolute fucking god to you, right? Uh, yes, emphasis on the word fuck there. Yes, yes. that's definitely correct. <laughs> um, he, so when I was growing up, he was in his, his second, uh, three-peat there. So 96, 97, yeah. 98. Yeah. Um, I was born in 88, so I didn't really get to know or understand the 92, 93, 94 season, but going back through and reconnecting with the, the last dance and seeing that documentary, uh, has been Oh, it was wonderful. It's amazing. So, oh, it was, it just, it, it gave you goosebumps thinking about it and thinking about what the, the mentality was around the, the entire area. And we, you know, we, we, he is a god. He is everything he, what he says he is. And cause he's just, he was the best and he still is the best to this day. And, uh, nothing but amazing, nothing but amazingness there. Yeah, I mean, trying to put it in context about Southampton, it's like, Kev, I guess we 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 treat Letizia as a god, but in fact he hasn't actually won anything. So can you imagine if Letizia had won anything in his career, how much we would treat him then? Or if um, maybe if Alan Shearer had stayed, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. But yeah, um, <laughs> but before we get into Saints, I, I want to get this out of the way because I'm, I'm a huge US sports fan. Um so your, your U.S. teams, okay, right, so we've got the, we've got the Chicago Blackhawks, three Stanley oh, yeah. Cups in, mm-hmm. since, since 2010. You've got the Chicago Bulls, which you just talked about. They won enough in the 90s to be considered the greatest team ever. It was it mm-hmm. six, six NBA championships while you were growing up. Cubs won the World Series, what, three, four years ago? 2016. Yep. Uh, at, possibly a little bit before your time, the 1985 Bears Super Bowl, but the greatest defense ever. I mean, you've hit the jackpot, haven't you? You must have had some trophy parades in your time. Uh, yeah, so far, so far, yeah. Uh, we would definitely say that with, uh, with, with the Cubs parade, I was fortunate enough to be there. And, uh, right before I moved to, uh, North Carolina here, the week before we, we moved, uh, was the parade for the Cubs. So seeing that was amazing. It was, they, they estimated somewhere around 500,000 people. The entire town, uh, shut, shut down essentially for it. And like you said, yeah, there's definitely other parades. Um, Blackhawks had their significant parade. Uh, so they've had (laughs) parades. Yeah. 2010, uh, 2010, 2013, and 2015. Uh, I was in school for, or living away for all three of them, unfortunately. Uh, from the Chicago area by that time. Um, but my, my dad will talk fondly about the Chicago Bears and the, the 1985 and oh, Super yeah. Bowl shuffle. He still, he still knows the Super Bowl shuffle by heart. Brilliant, brilliant team. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, it does bring me to my next question though. So how does someone who knows so much success become a fan of Southampton Football Club? Because, I mean, you've always known glory. Is it that you need heartbreak, misery, 
and pain to balance it out? No, I think I just like you guys. Listening to you guys has been the fan, the reason why. Uh, enjoying some some good good quality podcasts, but uh, no, just to going through it all. Uh, 2014-2015 season is what I was really kind of really diving into the uh, the Premier League. Uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, NBC Sports, they picked up the yep. coverage over here. And start that really took off because before that was Fox Sports and ESPN, which weren't really showing uh, showing the the league very well. But for us, uh, having that access and the continual access uh, alongside, you guys probably have known the the Southampton Way, the documentary was kind of right in the wheelhouse of what made me uh, really start to really like him. But after doing uh, after doing what we do now, um, and after knowing everything, uh, I'm a guy who grew up playing soccer, and I'll say soccer, so I apologize for anybody who's listening in the UK. Um, so I play soccer. I'm a goalie by trade, but well, I'm just more of an athlete. So uh, seeing that, and I've lived actually in nine different places in the last uh, my entire life now, and looking at all over. Um, Going, especially as a kid, going from each location to location, uh, finding sports and playing, playing soccer was my way as a breaking into the community and getting to know people. And so to me, uh, soccer itself developed personal skills and social skills and it's just evolved now. And I work in the field of fitness, recreation and wellness. So connecting all those dots, it made sense for me to want to see that an academy program that Southampton has, which is so, um, so significant and such a long pedigree of strong and strong history, that to me, uh, it just, it just kind of evolved into what, what am I looking for? I looked into the team a little bit and I said, you know what? This is for me. And so little by little, just kind of, uh, picked up ownership and really followed along and I couldn't, I got I, most of my friends are either Arsenal fans or you know just one-offs within the the top six, but wanted to find a team that really fit who I am as a person, and Southampton definitely fit that, and I'm very happy with that choice today. I'm so glad that you that you took the time to actually study the football club as opposed to. I mean, it must be so easy for a US fan to just look at the history of the Premier League and see that you know the success of Man United, um, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City now. And then just jump on that bandwagon. But actually, you know, the, all the U.S. fans that I've spoken to, well, especially Saints fans, that they, they've always done their research and they've looked into a club, and then they, then they've decided, yeah, that's the club that I want to follow. So it's so refreshing to hear that. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been fantastic, and seeing the youth development, um, just just to see how it made me the person I am, and then seeing how that they've prided themselves on that and been successful in the, in, in their own right, obviously mm, yes. with. 2014, 2015, 2015, 2016 times in Europe and, you know, being up there in the top end of the table, you know, top half of the table is, uh, that, that definitely helped it along the way, but they, Southampton does it right. And to me, rooting for, the, rooting for them, cheering them on is, um, I'm able to immerse myself in the culture and understand it more so than if I was a, a plastic just mm. joining and reading on Arsenal like everybody else around here. Yeah. I mean, Kev, it's not easy following Saints, is it? I mean, we've grown up with it, and it's we know nothing about success, really, like massive success, and we've kind of like developed this stoic attitude now. It's just, but not personally for me, because not only do I follow Saints, but I'm also a long-suffering Knicks fan and a Rangers fan, New York Rangers. So I just, 
it's just it's just all about pain and suffering. Cynicism is a way of life. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Oh, jeez, Ma- masochist is a, is a great way to describe it. <laughs> you you enjoy to inflict pain upon yourself and exactly. all affect, a, a, aspects of life. Exactly, I know no different. Um, so you mentioned that you started following him from the 2014. 2015 mm-hmm. season. Um, have you actually visited Southampton and, and St. Mary's? Yes, I did. And so I came for, to Southampton for the first time this past, uh, well, say this past calendar year in 2019. I saw the Manchester United Southampton game. Uh, it was on August 31st mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, gr- it was a great game to be able to go because it was the, it was the 1230 game it was the early time. Yeah, I was there. And, uh, so I, I got to, Take part in my favorite uh, American pastime of tailgating, meaning that you wake up and you <laughs> yeah. cra- you, you crack a beer. And so my wife and I we we stayed in Winchester and oh I love Winchester. Yeah, so it took the train on down, and so I'm cracking a few uh, on the train on the way down. And I don't it just felt it just felt right. It just felt uh, really cool <laughs> being able to go on down there. And then uh, went over to just kind of been able to go and check out the town since we primarily stayed in Winchester. Um, we we went down to the the main main strip there that you guys have and were able to go to, to the uh, local establishment Weatherspoons. You know, I hear yeah. that's a I hear that's a it's a super friendly and hospitable place. Yeah, that's, so, I, I, I sometimes I mean, if, if, if I've incredible. got yeah if I've got enough time before games I usually head in that way, but it's completely different the way where I live. So I have to go in a sense I have to go past the ground mm-hmm. into the Weatherspoons then and come back to the ground. But yeah, I I. End up there. I mean, me and Kev went there last time you were over, didn't we, Kev? And Stand in order. Stand uh-huh. in order, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, first impressions of the city and, and the stadium. So, uh, I knew going into it, going into it, uh, the, the state, the town wasn't going to be much of a looker. Uh, I really knew that it wasn't just going to be very industrial and aesthetically. Um, but ultimately it's that every town is based on its people and every person that I met, uh, they, as soon as they heard my voice, they're like, where are you from? And I was like, well, I'm from the Chicago, I'm from Chicago. We live, we live in North, we live in North Carolina now. And they're like, oh, and everyone just kind of either looked at me like a, how the hell did you end up here to a, oh, well, that's awesome. I'm happy you're, you're a Man here. United fan, I bet. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was wearing a, wear my 17, 18 Ward Prowse jersey. Oh, yeah. And so that made it, made it a lot easier for them, uh, for them to recognize that I wasn't a threat in any way. <laughs> So, but the stadium itself is great. Um, just a very, uh, obviously it's very similar to the way Leicester looks like. And so I knew yeah. going into it, there's, um, just a very hospitable feeling when you work, work all around it though. The one thing that I noticed about this and being able to travel around now and see a few different uh, stadiums, why in the world are your gates the width of half of a person. <laughs> so I think I'm, that's the way I'm they've always to... been. They were like they were worse at the Dow. They were tiny. Oh my, oh my. like I am I I'm okay, I'm a I'm a six two guy, so I'm seventy four inches tall. I'm able to I'm barely able to the width of it walk through walk through on my own. <laughs> so my wife and I were traveling around, we were in London and we happened to go by Craven Cottage and I was like, oh, this is a great picture. She'd, she'll like the walk around here. I could not, like, I would have to go and scoot in widthwise. I'd have to like go sneak in like just side by side. I'd have to step in and I'm just like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. What is going on here to be able to do this? And so I've, in order to side, side shuffle. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, but, it's a weird one because, I mean, those old-fashioned stadiums like the Dow and Craven Cottage, that you know, you are just, in effect, you're shoehorned into that stadium, so they just ram everybody in. But when you're making these new modern stadiums, you would think they would make it a little, bo- little more spacious, but no, I don't know. Maybe it adds to the charm of it. I don't know. Yeah, and every uh, there's obviously handicap gates, but handicap gates in, in the U.S. are the uh, yeah, like that's they're, they're the they're the standard. So you just kind of be able to walk through, and there's mm-hmm. no, there's just big open area where I've never had to go through what would effectively look like sneaking into an attic or a cellar <laughs> to get into a to get into a stadium. It's just not something I would think of. Uh, so the game that you saw, you saw the one-one uh, with Man United, and, and actually. You witnessed the only time that I've ever cheered Vestergaard's name. Oh yeah, that was a. I was on that side of the that side of the pitch as well. I was on the uh, the Kingsland side. Oh yeah. So right in the main right in the main stand on the, which was really cool. But being able to see the the Danzo the ball had such a curve to it that I was super impressed by that ball that service in, and Vestergaard just went up and just. Took out Lind, uh, Lindoff, Victor Lindoff, yeah, from, he yeah, just went over him and just basically looked like Thor at that time <laughs> and went through, went in and just threw his hammer down and said, get out of my way and, uh, goal was in, the goal was in the net and I was very, uh, I was yelling and screaming, hooting and hollering and having a good time with that. That's the last time we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right now, Steve, you and um, Tim have been working together on something, haven't you, over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, um, we video called um, quite a while ago now, wasn't it? It was sort of near the start of lockdown. Um, yeah, because I remember we were chatting um, when I kind of first started up St Mary's Stat Base, and um, yeah, I, th- I think I was quite impressed by your insights into um, you know how the team worked, um, kind of various stats, looking like how the players were doing. And um, I was like, oh, maybe we could do some collaboration work. So, um, yeah, we were sort of having a little look at Times G, weren't we? Um, mm-hmm. And kind of done a few bits, but yeah, sort of, you know, it's been in the background. So, gonna have to, gonna have to pick that up at some point. But yeah, that's been uh, that's been really fun today, isn't it? Yeah, it sure has. I've always, uh, I'm always a big fan of any stats, and so um, being able to hear about you guys have actually followed Stephen first and then followed into in that number kind of uh, tri- trickled in that way which was uh which was which was a great which is a great opportunity and I'm I'm thankful to be here now but seeing he he, he Stephen reached out to me and I was like oh you know what about this or this and what I've recognized is that there's a significant connection in terms of the pure numbers uh when it comes to ralph's first two years at uh, rebel rebel leipzig mm-hmm. uh all the way through the uh his current time today and seeing the connections and like for like comparisons uh there's there's a significant amount of similarities that i'm i'm looking at and from it i can tell and he reached out to me and said oh what about what do you think about this and we were talking about home versus away matches and now i you can't really determine what's going to matter for home versus away going forward because of fans and how that's going to change. But the true like-for-like like comparisons and the way he has things that are set up to me um, are absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that's what um, attracted me to, st- to Steve, actually. I'm going to say that. <laughs> the, your work, <laughs> Steve, obviously. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you started that page up, I jumped on it and was like, this is great. This is, this is different. It's, it's not what we're used to seeing. And actually, I mean, for an American, look at when we... Being into American sports as I am, the stats that they do over there are so in depth, 
And oh. actually, I had um, some buddies from New York come over in well December of last year, last season, December of last season, when we played Arsenal. Um, and they were sat next to me during the game. They'd never been to a football game before. And one of them looked over to me and says, where are the stats? Like, we don't have, like, a jumbotron. Where, where are your stats? And I was like, what stats? So like, you just need to know the score and the time. And that is it. He's like, what? So you don't have shots on target, shots off target? I said, you can look for it after the game or at halftime, whatever. But no, they don't show it up on the screens. Couldn't believe it. What? What? What were they looking for? Like shots. How many shots? Jum- a jumbotron. Yeah. Is that a sex robot? Sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously, in the NHL, there's there's stats going up all the time, and you can see everything as the game's unfolding. But obviously, in the Premier League, you can't see that. You so, can't yeah. just look at the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not as easy to grasp for you, is it, Kev? But yeah. No. <laughs> Right, okay, so my question, my next question for all of you guys, actually, is how excited are you to get this season back up and running again? So excited. Yeah! Come yeah, on. That's, what, that's what we want. That's what we want. Kev? Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, the Euros are supposed to be starting, aren't they? Started, supposed to have started yesterday, I believe. Mm, so, yeah, this is the time that I would be watching football anyway, and now I just get to watch the Premier League. So. And we have to watch Saints players as well, because they don't go to the Euros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep them busy over the summer. <laughs> yeah, um, as I say, the games are coming thick and fast, um, so we need to get the season finished and give Liverpool their well-deserved piece of silverware. Um, but I was thinking the other day, wouldn't it be amazing if they came back a totally different side? You know, they couldn't string a pass together and they just got annihilated every game. Speaking of thick and fast, um, Shane Long's uh, signed a new contract. No, I mean, you don't know what to expect from, from any of the teams, really, after, you know... Three months of inactivity. Mm. It could be a different side. Oh, they're still going to win it hands down, aren't they? Better off, but yeah. I mean, anyway, those um, remaining fixtures, in case you're unaware. So, so we kick off our restart with that away trip to Norwich on Friday the fifth, Friday the nineteenth, sorry, um, and then Thursday the twenty fifth against Arsenal at home, and Sunday the twenty eighth against Watford away, um, and then games against Man City, Everton, Man United, Brighton, Bournemouth and Sheffield United. Now, they've confirmed live games. So the Norwich, Arsenal and Watford games are all on Sky and they're free as well. So mm. that's going to be good. Um, so how's it going to go then? So we've, we've got five subs now. We're going to have a lot, a lot of action for those fringe players. Um, and, and Tim, a, a lot of fans believe that our poor home form comes from... Well, too much anger aims towards our own players, and you know they suffer the consequences. Almost too afraid to make mistakes. So, with that in mind, do you think we can benefit without the fan pressure upon resumption? Uh, I think everything is uh, effectively is restarted. So, Ralph has been able to go back through and take a look and just kind of rehash everything what's going on. Uh, he's in a clear mindset now that he's signed a contract and he's going to be here for the next four years. The team is recognized that he's going to be there for four, for four years and that this is the way it's going to be. And many people are of which have bought, bought into it, which is wonderful. So the ability to feel comfortable and get back into the swing of things, I think it's going to be uh, perfectly normal and also it's going to be a very big positive the one item is going to be uh, their stamina being able to see that they consistently run all the time and also then just how they have all the consistencies when it comes to 
you know, just being able to play in games on a regular basis, getting that schedule back up and running is going to be the, the biggest issue when it comes to establishing a new presence going uh, into the remaining four, five, six, seven, not, looks like nine fixtures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely those five subs are definitely going to help, aren't they, with, with, with injuries as well and stuff. Um, but, yeah, Kev and Steve, do you think the, uh, you know, we're going to benefit without the fan pressure? I think so. Um I think, you know, as we kind of see in, in, in the Bundesliga, I've been watching that pretty much every weekend, and there's not really like a set pattern to it. It's not like you expect the home team to necessarily win, because that's not been happening. So I kind of expect that pattern to um, almost follow through in the Premier League. So I think potentially, you know, there might be a few upsets, um, and I, I think it's, it's only really going to help us, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a different experience for the players, um, not having the pressure of a crowd. But, I mean, yeah, I suppose we'll really see whether it is the, the fans or just the home mindset or whether being away is more of an advantage or being home is more of a disadvantage. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. It will be very interesting, yeah. Right, I want to hit some news points that have really tickled my balls over the last few weeks. Mm. Um, we'll start. We'll start with that big one, the Ralph, Ralph contract, which Tim alluded to. Um, so yeah, he signed a new four-year deal, uh, keeping up the club till 2024. Tim, very good news, yes? Yes. Uh, I it was a Monday here, and I just left work and just cracked a beer immediately as soon as I got home. I was <laughs> super. I was super excited for that. Champagne came out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever was in my fridge at the point, but no, it was, it's, it's an ama- it's amazing. Give him the keys. Uh, he has a vision. He has a vision that fits the Southampton way. Uh, he's got, qu- gives quality instruction. He understands the academy model. He just, I think, I think he gets it. And I was very happy for him to resign. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it wasn't really a question of whether he's going to sign a new contract. It's just a matter of the timing. Um, I think ideally Ralph wanted to wait until we were safe before um, signing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's not really practical um, given the current circumstances. So, yeah, definitely good news uh, when it's come in. And, yeah, along with Ralph, a um, slew of other long-awaited contracts. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm a bit more confident about next year. I think the question is going to be not so much can we you know keep keep our best players, but can we get rid of some the of worst the worst players. ones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, and and Steve, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic news. Um, you know, you can you can easily see he's the best manager appointment since Cumin. Um, and you know, like as Kevin was saying, I think we were sort of waiting for that you know, like magic 36-point number, and that wasn't too far off um, when the season, you know, got, um, you know, held off from the from the lockdown. Um, so I think it's kind of come at a, a good time, it's come at a positive time, and we can kind of use that now and take that into our last few games um, as, like, a massive boost, well, I hope anyway, so. Absolutely, yeah. It's only good news, really. It is. Uh, and another bit of good news, another contract that Kev has said, um, Shane Long. Kevin, I'll start with you on this one because we all know that you love him. Oh, um, yes. A, t- a two-year deal, some eyebrows raised. Um, not from me, but, I mean, I, I, I assume that you're related with this bit. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, what, the fans wanted him to sign a one-year extension. Exactly, yeah. 
I think once you nah. get over a certain age, it's just one year's one year deals, one year deals. But um, they've given them a two year one. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of fans were weren't. I mean, they're happy to have him in, as a squad player, but maybe not as a as a start as, a, as an option to start. But you know, having watched him over the last few months, him and Danny Ings have probably played the best together that they have done whatever. So yeah, I think it can only be a good thing for for, for the club and for Shane. And he doesn't look 33 um, from the way he plays at all. So I think, you know, by the time he's 35, he'll probably still be in decent enough condition to uh, make an impact. So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that uh, we've got Shane the Schlong. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's yeah. brilliant, yeah. Um, and Tim, uh, were you pleased with the length? Not the length of his, of his schlong, I'm talking about the length of his contract. We'll be coming on to Smallbone in a minute, so I'll <laughs> keep that one up. <laughs> Uh, by the way, did you guys see Smallbone's picture? He looked exactly like Ralph. Yeah. He looks like just a mini Ralph with a slick back hair, and it, it was just, it was, it was kind of creepy, but it was cool at the same time. But yeah, for Shane Long though, he is fantastic. Uh, number one is obviously he's a model professional, so if even if he were to be benched later on, half of the next season, he's someone who you can, you know, is going to be a jolt of energy coming off the bench and provide squad depth. It's not going to be terribly expensive if, if it's not the same amount of money. It might be a little more, a little, middle, a little less. He and he fits the system and mold. Uh, so looking at the, uh, he, he, I guess he plays the role as like the the the, the runoff striker or the guy who can play off the ball like uh, Yusuf Polson did mm-hmm. in the in the Leipzig uh, when it did for Werner, who's the equivalent would be Ings. So to me, he's the best. He's by far the best fit for that. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get somebody who's in, in that in that mold, especially with the amount of money that they can to purchase on, and also if they believe that Adams is the best fit for that type of role, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think he Adam actually fits best with, with, in the role that Ings is in now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, sorry, Steve. Happy with the length? Happy with the contract? One year deal? Two year deal? Yeah, I think I think two years is um, yeah. It's, it's a good length, you know. We've got Shane Long for for a little bit longer, and I think from the impact he's had this season, you can see that it's worth it. Um, the way you know he links up with Ings is just like phenomenal. I think, you know, he I, I don't know how tall he is, like five ten something something like that. Um, but the way he jumps for the ball is yeah, like but the way he jumps for the ball is incredible. Like he's winning it against you know towering centre backs, um, and that's something that we don't really have in our team apart from Long. So. I think he just he matches things like so well, and um, I'm I'm pretty happy to be honest. I think I think it's a good deal to have got across at this stage. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, and so we go from Schlong to Smallbone. Um, so yeah, he's he's penned a four-year deal, mim- mirroring uh, Ralph's until 2024. Although Ralph's wage will be considerably higher, but um, again, more great news to him. Absolutely. Uh, really happy for the guy. He fits in well. He's progressing nicely and looking, uh, looking, I guess looking at the numbers and looking how everything is, he's very much similar to Stuart Armstrong. I know he's been playing more in the, the PEH, the kind of the, the CDM role, the CM CDM role that, um, um, Pierre and Jada and Ward Prowse have been playing in. Mm-hmm. I do see him more as that out, uh, the right attacking midfielder just from the way, uh, he's able to progress things. But overall, uh, quality fit, 
uh, if he's if he looks like Ralph, that's kind of cool too. <laughs> so all, all in all, I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, he does look like he's he's got that little something extra about him, that something special. He, he's he's very comfortable on the ball. He's not like these, as you say, CDMs that just sit there, hold the ball up, and just sideway passes. He wants to keep going forward, and someone for so young that looks comfortable. He looks like he's been there for ages. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased with this. And, and yeah, I mean we, yeah. we haven't quite seen um, enough of him in the first team, but um, <clears throat> yeah. Four, four year contract means, I guess, that uh, Ralph rates him and uh, sees him as part of a longer term plan. Yeah, I think um, that game he played against Aston Villa, it was just, it was outstanding. Um, and I think, you know, as he has signed that four year deal, then that just really says that he's in Ralph's vision for the future. So, Hands off, um, yeah, really impressed by him. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, maybe he needs to bulk up a little bit, but he's still young, um, yeah. so he's still got plenty to give. Uh, and Steve, we were actually chatting in the week about another potential contract involving Kevin Danso. Um, you pinged over an article stating that we wouldn't be exercising this option to sign him on a permanent mm. basis. Um, and atop that, Augsburg were looking to buy another replacement. So bad luck on Danso. He might have to look elsewhere for a, for a new football club uh, next yeah. season. Contrary to a report that I had, actually, that we would be looking to re-sign him, but I can't seem to find that article anywhere. So maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dreaming about Kim and Danzo. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um from what I read, um Augsburg had brought in a centre back on, on loan. Um I can't remember what his name was, but um obviously with Danzo going to Southampton they needed a replacement themselves. So it's looking like Danzo's replacement is gonna be given a permanent contract, which kind of looks not too good for Danzo. Um and as it kind of looks like we probably won't um be signing on a permanent, then yeah, it's a bit it's sad for him, but yeah, we'll see what happens. So the the situation leading into Danzo as well, having the loan with what is no, what I was what I saw was the exclusive option to buy is actually a, in my opinion is a great idea. Um, they're seeing that he you know seeing how somebody would be able to progress. Uh, unfortunately, the execution wasn't there. Uh, Ralph hasn't trusted him at all to play center back except for maybe one or two games, mm. and. Seeing, seeing how that's going about. If he doesn't trust him, then he's not going to be there. I think it's kind of a cut and dry with that. But in the market going forward, if that were to be the, I think doing what they did with Danzo to seeing being able to try somebody else out as a significant test run for, you know, like the, with a, with the, with the loan fee and then potentially able to sign with the exclusive option. Um, hopefully it'll turn out best if we do that again in the future for somebody else. Mm. Kevin, I kind of feel sorry for Danzo. You know, I mean, what we've seen of him um, hasn't been great. But um, as Tim alluded to, he's only um, played in his natural position once yeah, or twice. That, I think that was the Huddersfield Cup game, wasn't it? That um, Vokins played left back in. That's yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Ralph sees more of him, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad, especially if he's left in limbo like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm ready to give up on him. Well, I mean, mm. obviously, it's not my choice, but I mean, I, I do think he has been set up to fail in some ways, like the positions that he's been utilised in um, and the times in which he has been utilised in them. So basically, he's been put in those positions when we've already been losing. I mean, has he actually played a game at centre back where we've been in a winner position? No, he hasn't. Um, his confidence must be really, really low. 
but I think there is something that Ralph admires. You know, he wouldn't have bought him in in the first place. But I just, I just hate to make a mistake on him. You know, and as I mentioned earlier about the five subs, this could really impact him and, it, and his future. So maybe we could see a little bit more of him. It's a perfect chance to play him now, especially yeah. especially if we get safe straight away. Then yeah. Um, and rumours around uh, Romeo Bertrand having to be signing a new deal and an extension for James Ward-Prowse. So it looks like he's getting his, you know, his work done now before the restart. And we took on Bristol City on Friday. I think it was Friday. Yes. Three-two win. Uh, Danny Ings on the score sheet and a brace from the Scottish De Bruyne, Stuart Armstrong. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I believe they played three 45-minute periods with three mm-hmm. different lineups. So, yeah, it was a decent little run around, decent competition, much needed as we look forward to the resumption. Uh, but, Tim, I want to talk to you about Pierre-Emil Hoiberg um, and specifically comments made by Ralph about him losing his captaincy if he enters his last contract year. Uh, and, and we saw in that friendly against Bristol, Bristol City, um, that he had Prousey. Oh, he, he and Prousey were on the pitch at the same time, and the armband went to Prousey. You know, is this a sign of things to come? Because I mentioned earlier that we, we, we had those three different lineups. Ralph could have quite have easily used Prouse and Hoiberg in different teams. But it's like he's saying to the fans, this is our new captain, and it was like it was on purpose. On top of that, they were playing him out of position at right back in that first lineup as well. So, oh, really? oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So not only are we putting him where he, I know Hoiberg was put in left back for a position. I can't think of the game off the top of my head. They're all blending together now. Um, when Bertrand was out, Bertrand was out injured. So uh, the the quick answer is yeah. He's he obviously is sending a message. Ward Prowse is going to be a club legend because he's already there. He'll he'll pass Latissier in in appearances. That's my uh, that's my bold prediction. He'll have over well over four hundred and should have the captaincy for the next ten years until he retires. So, um, but yeah. So with Hoiberg, uh, he's been open and honest about it. I think. On both levels, the the club has been open and honest about what the expectations are with Ralph. And if you're not going to sign, you're not going to be here. We don't want the captaincy is to mean something. And Hoiberg's also saying, you know, I I believe in the team. I'm working hard for the team. But if my interest is to go and play at a higher level, as he would say, then I don't think he's going to get that at Tottenham. But he's going to he can get that somewhere else if he'd like to. Hmm. It'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall with that conversation. Really like to see what's going on there, but yeah, uh, Kev, what do you think about this one? Um, about Hoiberg? Yeah, and about the fact that he was playing in the same lineup as Ward Prowse, and Ward Prowse got the armband. Because I say he um, could he could have split them up, he could have put put them in different teams, but he decided no, I'm going to put you both together, I'm going to play you out of position, and I'm going to take your armband away. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely signed with them. I think it's it's obvious that um, Hoiberg's leaving. Um, and yeah, I mean, it would be ridiculous if um, Ward Prowse wasn't made captain. I mean, I've been surprised that he hasn't been given the captain's armband before. It was, yeah, Bertrand under Hughes, wasn't it? I know. Yeah. Hoiberg. Um, I, I don't know. I think I get the impression sometimes that the captain's armbands often goes to players as a kind of, you know, please stay. You know, we've got, we've got plans for you. Um, just like Van Dyke and Fonte and then they all, Further off to Liverpool, um, Fuck but yeah, we've walked. <laughs> well, West Ham, West Ham, it's the same. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Um, but with um, yeah, with Ward Prowse, I mean, he's definitely you know, his um, his heart's there, and you know, I, I no offence to him, but I don't see um, United or 
Liverpool going from well, not just yet, at least. Um, and yeah, he, he could quite easily be our captain for. I mean, ten years is ambitious, but yeah, definitely for the foreseeable future. Mm. And yeah, I think lead to a lot of positivity within the squad. Yeah, I think um, I was pretty surprised. I think I mentioned it to you, didn't I? That um, yeah, we saw Wall Prowse with the captain's armband. Um, but I think from what I've seen from most of the fans, they they want Wall Prowse to be the captain anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen in the next few games, whether we'll still see Hoiberg's captain and, you know, maybe that was just used as like a trial period with that game against Bristol City. Um, but I, th- I think Ward Prowse has got to be the captain, um, you know, going forward for the next season. He's, he's Saints through and through. And if Hoiberg leaves, then it, it kind of gives like the options there now for Ward Prowse to captain. And I think he deserves it based on the last couple of seasons, what he's done for the club. Yeah, I think it might. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see that lineup against Norwich as well, because I wouldn't be surprised if he left Hoiberg out of the team altogether, just to say, no. like, you know. well, I mean, we could see it. We could see it. I think it is becoming clearer that you know, as we move on, that he hasn't got the desire to stay here. You know, reports are resurfacing again with, with Spurs, um, and the business that we've been doing tying these players up now to, to, to contracts. I mean, Ralph would have wouldn't want to continue without clinching up everybody. So now was the time to do it. So if he was going to tie Heiberg up, this is the time to do it. <laughs> uh, we need to prepare um, for life without him. That's it. Yeah, although I think Heiberg at least has the dignity to play out the season with a, of a bit of fire, you know. Um, he's a professional. Yeah. Uh, and Tim, like, given the, the, the current transfer market during this lockdown, do we still need to stand firm with our valuation of him? Or are we seriously overvaluing him? Because I think his current the current asking price is around thirty five million. He's for in any situation with a, a player who's going to be leaving after with one year left in the contract and is already told Absolutely, that they're yeah. going to be thirty five thirty five million pounds is not going to happen in any way, shape, or form. Uh, now, what capacity or what that's going to be, I don't know. Everything has been thrown up, uh, thrown into the thrown in the fire with, with with coronavirus but going to see that what i would uh, what i would like to what i would like to see is to create kind of a, a small bidding war between a few different teams and kind of rack up the price a little bit That's more idea, yeah. and getting it up to i think a, you know it'd be very lofty expectation is just to get 20 but I guess my realistic my realistic thoughts is that he's probably going to get loaned for the rest of the year and then he'll eventually um with a with a big 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 loan fee, so then they'll disperse that over a, a year or two year period, and won't, we won't be able to get more than seven, eight, ten billion pounds for the guy. That's a very good point. Start a bit more against him, yeah, because Everton were interested at one point as well, weren't they? Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we don't want to let him leave on a free, that's for sure. And yeah, Spurs will will be willing to wait, I'm sure. Um, and but I also heard there's a possibility of them using Kai Walker Peters as leverage, but. I mean, I've also heard that Saints are not looking to keep Kai Walker-Peters permanently, so that, that swap deal could probably be out the window. But the bottom line is, we need to have players at this club that want to play, and if they don't, it's just, I mean, it's just going to upset the team, so we just need to move on and try and cash out as much as we can for him now. And what do we pay for him? 13 million quid, something around that? So yeah, if we can get something like that, let's do it. Um, yeah, and Romeo signing a new deal, because Kev, we, we spoke about it before, saying that maybe Romeo won't be re-signing again next year. We just had a feeling this wasn't going to happen, but I'm, I'm convinced now that Romeo only signs a new deal because Hoiberg won't. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if Hoiberg stays, Romeo moves on. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think he's a good guy to have about. Um, if, it would be an absolute tragedy if um, Romeo and Hoiberg left. I mean, trying to replace um, those two, have someone to go alongside Prowsey and uh, a backup as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to, to ask for in the current market. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that crazy, crazy story in the week that uh, Leicester, again, uh, after Vestergaard. <laughs> but the last I heard that they won't they won't want to be paying 26 million quid for him. But that's that's fucking crazy, isn't it? What that they're interested at all? It, well, either yeah, <laughs> the, the the amounts of money being being spoken, or, and the fact that they're interested in what what are they watching. That Man United nah, game on repeat. Um, I mean, I'd love it to be true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where it's come from. To be honest, like I, I did see, um, you know, they they put in a bid in January, and Vestergaard did actually mention that, and I think it was in an interview with um, a media company in Denmark. He openly said that that did happen, but um, mm. Ralph didn't want to let him go. So why? If, That's my next question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he he wasn't too keen on you know selling anyone really in January, but. Um, I think if we get the, if we get that money for him, then it's it's a no-brainer for me. I think probably a lot of us like you know would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tim, what do you think about Vestergaard? So he's obviously just not been able to pick up the speed of it all. He's got a physicalness. He can jump as we can as we know as I know in person, seen from the Manchester United game. He's got a he's got a hell of a leap, but uh, overall, he's just not as he's just not quick. He, he just doesn't have the quickness needed. And if he were to go and Lester would want him, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be opposed to it. I've actually always been a fan of the guy. So I know that might be not necessarily the most popular opinion, but, uh, from what he does, uh, and what he's currently capable of, it'd be, it'd be better suited for him to move on, uh, reluctant, for me reluctantly to say that. Well, that's fine. I mean, the reason that the, pro- the problem that I've got with him and Kev, you'll, you'll back me up on this, that when we first signed him from, was it uh, Mitch and Gladbach, mm-hmm. we paid a lot of money for him. It was 18 million quid. And I thought at the time, wow, we're getting this, this proper centre back that we need, you know, big, imposing, strong, tall. We are going to be so lethal at corners. We're not. <laughs> he's not any of those things. Yeah. He's let he's just, I, I feel like I, I put too much on him and he's completely well, let me down. So that's my issue. I think, yeah. I think the thing is with Vestergaard is um, he, was, he was kind of brought in to win those headers, to um, be that kind of physical defender. And then, you know, he's not kind of played a lot of the game since, well, you know, the game that I'm talking about earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, and um, then, then Ralph brought him in, I think, for the game against, was it West Ham or Burnley? I can't, I can't remember. But he dropped Bednarak. And um, his reasoning was because of his passing ability. So it, it just kind of doesn't really make sense that he's playing based on his passing ability when he's such a, a, a tall guy to be able to go in and win the headers. <laughs> and you only kind of need to look back on that Burnley game at the start of the season where he just completely missed it and just led to their goals. Uh, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's frustrating to watch Vestergaard, in, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely not the player I thought he was going to be. But yeah, I'd, I'd take it. I'd take any amount for him, to be honest. Norwich, Norwich City, then. 
next Friday, Friday the 19th, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff and it's live on Sky Sports. Well, it's not 6 o'clock for you, is it, Tim? Will that be 1 o'clock in the afternoon for you? So that'll be nice. Um, 8 o'clock for me. 8 o'clock for you, Kev, yeah. Just clock off work and crack open a beer and start watching. Everything's cracking open a beer today, isn't it? <laughs> All about the beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, some news that broke last night um, is that one unnamed Norwich player has tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss the game. So they've done, what, 1,200 tests and only two positive tests. That's that's good. But there is worry that Norwich played Spurs on Friday night. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what, do, do, the, do these players get tested like once a week, twice a week? I'm not quite sure. So I don't know when the rest of the Norwich team will be tested. But you feel if there any more positive tests from that Norwich squad, and we could be faced with another cancel cancellation. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be getting ahead of myself there, but it's just food for thought. Um, and I've been looking into the, the, the tests that the Premier League have sanctioned since the return to training. So in round one, they had six positive. Round two, it was two. Round three, there was four. Round four, it went down to zero. Round five, back up to one. Round six, zero. Round seven, one. And then round eight, uh, was on Friday and there was two but I mean if you look at the, the, the amount of tests that they've, they've been taken out there was two, 748 tests on that first round and over 1200 tests on round eight so percentage wise that's an improvement I suppose but I mean is it worrying anybody else? Not me I think that's quite an, I mean, those are quite encouraging figures to be honest but, and, I mean, um, but like I said if, if, if Norwich do have another player and it could be a kid we don't know who this player is and let's, let's just say for argument's sake it is Pookie and they get another player that tests before the before kickoff on Friday and it's another key player like Tim, I don't know, Tim Krul Tim, uh, or, or Cantwell or something like that and you know they're fighting for their lives up there if they lose if they're losing out on these you know their, their best players what's going to happen to them is it, is it fair? Um, I suppose maybe the decision goes down to the teams or the league, you know, um, whether they get a chance to call the game off, um, is there, you know, a limit to the number of players? Um, we don't know, I suppose. I'm just saying, um, they, played, they played Tottenham on Friday night as well, and if, you know, Tottenham players have been infected, you know, what happens to Tottenham? And yeah, but it's not as if the entire team has to isolate like, like we've had before. Sure. Sure, and I guess they're prepared for it a little bit more. And, you know, you, you see at the end of the games they're doing these little elbow bumps as opposed to handshaking and stuff. So, you know, and the cleaning at the training grounds, I've seen it going on. It's they're doing everything they can. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think I read somewhere that they were testing them twice a week. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think they're kind of doing all they can. And if it's just one player, then hopefully Norwich will still be able to field you know a full full strength full strength squad. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, really. But um, it will it will definitely be interesting. Yeah, um, Tim, <laughs> great to finally have some football to watch uh, and talk about as well. So how, how's this one going to play out for you? Like, how do we set up, <laughs> and how are we going to ditch this high press? So there, we're not going to be able to ditch any of the high press. He's he's all in on the four two 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 system. So. At the back will be McCarthy. We'll have Bertrand and Bednarik uh, in the left side of the defense. The right side of the defense will be Stevens. And the hard, the only choice I have, it's kind of in and out, is potentially either Valerie or, or Walker Peters. But seeing how they put Hoiberg in the in right back, I think they're going to start him at right back. 
And then going from there will be uh, Ward Prowse and Smallbone and Central Mid, Redmond out on the left, and Armstrong out on the right, and Ings and Long up top. No Gineppo, no Buffal. They're on the bench. Uh, I've got on the bench, I've got uh, Jay Adams, Valerie, uh, Vestergaard, uh, Buffal, Gineppo, um, let's see. Uh, Kyle Walker Peters and Romeo. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Little five and ten there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kev, how do you, how do you see this? Um, I think I, I would, what, in terms of the lineup. Mm. You agree, I, I do you not. agree with Tim's? Um, I mean, I'm not sure about Hoiberg at right back. Um, I well, think I mean, we, we saw it in Bristol City, didn't we? So I'm guessing he, he must have done that for a reason. Not not just to punish him. He's just put him out there to thought, let's try something here. So I, I do I do get that. And he's not overly convinced with Valerie or Kai Walker-Peters, it seems. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, that's the, I don't think that's the way you want Hoiberg. I mean, you, yeah, but he did start with some really weird formations at the beginning of the season. Um, not saying it's out of the question, but... Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I think um, he'll go with Prousey in the midfield, and um, we'll see either Kyle Walker Peters or Jan Valerie right back. But yes, for the rest of it, I'd have to agree. Yeah, I think um, for me, there's definitely going to be McCarthy in goal. I think you know he's not going to he's not going to change that at this stage. Um, left back Bertrand, centre back pairing of Stevens and Bednarek. Uh, um, interestingly, they didn't actually play too much um, in that in that game against Bristol City I thought they'd be getting some more minutes um, and then I think right back I think I think Walker Peters will start um, but I th- think the reasoning for this is because you know we we bought him in alone he's only played one game like we really need to kind of test him out some more to see if mm. we do actually want to buy him permanently um, and then I think kind of that that next um, centre mid pairing is going to be um, going to be Ward Prowse, and I reckon it will be Hoiberg. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit too early to bring in Smallburn at the stage. I think he struggled. Um, I think it was against West Ham when he played. So potentially he's kind of waiting until later on in the season. Um, you know, hopefully like when we're you know massively safe, hopefully pushing for the top half, and then try and bring in Smallburn. Um, then I reckon you know as as usual it's it's, it's going to be well Redmond's back from injury now. Um, Armstrong, um, Ings and Long. Um, but uh, interestingly, I did see that Valerie started um, mm. on the right wing for 90 minutes in, in that game against Bristol City. So, again, I think it's a really good match to have, to have trialled that. So I'm not so sure potentially we will see Valerie at right back, but I could be wrong there. Um, it would be interesting, though, see if, he, see, if, yeah, see if he does bring in Valerie on the wing and see what he does. Mm. You know, he scored that banger against Man United, so he's yeah. got goals in him. Yeah, he can't defend, but he can hit a ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so pr- predictions then. I'm, I'm going to start, if I may. Um, <laughs> apologies, but I think it's just got Neil Neil written all over it. <laughs> I think, you know, over three months without playing, I, yeah, sure, they've been working out, they've been training hard, but nothing beats a game. Um, uh, the, you know, the competition, the battle, etc. Norwich at bottom of the league, they're, struggling. they're struggling for goals. Um, what's it going to be like now? I mean... I just think it's going to look so laboured and almost Sunday league. I don't know. This is probably just me, but I think it's a fucking good job that no fans are allowed in there because no one's going to want to fucking watch this. 
Um, so I'm going to go nil-nil. Sorry, yeah, all this um, all this excitement about the season starting, and I'm already getting bogged down with a nil-nil draw. <laughs> draw. Fans are still going to be asking for their money back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll go with with Tim next. Tim, what's your prediction? Uh, I've got it actually the opposite way, where you mentioned it's going to be Sunday League. It's going to be there. People are going to be making mistakes. So I'm looking at actually a 3-2 score score line. Uh, I I think there'll be some defensive mistakes for the with timing issues, and like you said, somebody like maybe Valerie will come in on the right wing and just hit a banger off the uh, off the side, or somebody will hit something, and all of a sudden you've got uh, a higher score line than you anticipated. Well, that'd be good. I'd like that. I would, as long as as long as you're saying Saints are winning three two anyway. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, Where we we go? We go Steve next. Um. I think we're going to score quite a few goals. Maybe I'm being a bit optimistic there, but um, yeah, where's that seeing Ings score. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just you know seeing. I watched the Ings goal, um, and it was quite a tricky shot to hit. Like it, it kind of came out to him. Um, he was in the box, and it kind of came out to him on the right, and he still had to kind of turn his body quite a lot to to get that in. So. You know, Ings really hasn't lost his sight for goal, so I can see Ings scoring, um, and I reckon we'll get a couple. But again, I think we're going to concede, so I'm going to go three-one for this game. Mm, okay, so we got nil-nil, three-two, three-one. Kev, I'm going to set myself up for failure by um, predicting a Saints win. Um, <laughs> at least that'll give me some uh, momentum of disappointment for the rest of the season. Um, I. I'm really tempted to say 2-0, but I'm actually going to stick to my original prediction that I made all those many moons ago um, <laughs> after that Newcastle game and say 2-1 Saints. I, but yeah, actually, do you know what? I, I went back and listened to that part, the Newcastle one, and I wanted to see what I predicted, and I did also predict a 2-1 with you. But um, yeah, I'm going 0-0 here. Um, yeah, I think that is about it with Tim. Um, we, we've got our usual questions kev do you want to start or do you want me to go um okay so would you rather wear a pompey shirt for 10 years or live in a haunted house for five i think it's the other way around kev those are my conditions and they're not negotiable (laughs) can can you repeat them one more time please Uh, but correctly (laughs) Um, would you rather wear a pumpy shirt for five years or uh, live in a haunted house for ten? Okay. Um, but I guess depending on your location, we can change uh, the pumpy shirt to the relevant rival North American sports team. Yeah, I I couldn't get away with wearing a uh, wearing a jer- wearing a jersey or wearing a kit uh, at work, so I think I would be obligated to choose the, the haunted house choice, but. Uh, yeah, the equivalent of that would be the Green Bay Packers or the St. Louis Cardinals or yeah, I'm not yeah, any. I hate the Packers. Yeah, I would definitely not want to wear one of those just because of work purposes and for the fact that they're just disgusting to look at. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll go with the haunted house, and I will. Um, I'll, I'll watch. The, I'll, I'll build my own Ghostbusters machine to suck the to suck that up to suck any ghosts that come around. Would you rather be twice the height of Yannick Vestergaard? Or half the height of Kyle Walker Peters. Oh man, that's tough. Um, we'll go with uh, how, for forever or for yeah, how long? Forever. Forever. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. 
Imagine being a 13-foot-2 old man, like, stooped over. Like. Yeah, I, I, it, I think it, I think it'd be, you'd be better off just in, in real life being half the height of Walker Peters. So even if you were like 3'8", you can buy kids clothes where you'd have to purchase, uh, Whatever they're putting on monuments nowadays for uh, for the Vestergaard height, so I, I don't. I guess I'll go with I'll go with half the height of Walker Peters. Okay, fine, that's good. I think that's about it, Tim. I think is there, is there anything else that you guys want to want to ask Tim? I think we've um, covered, yeah. covered everything we wanted to ask. Answer. Yeah, is, Tim. Is there anything else you wanted to add? So I just so last night I watched uh, this uh, the Copa 90s, 90 series on uh, the my city could beat up your city uh, because so I because the one thing though is trying to verse myself in Southampton versus Portsmouth because honestly I just didn't even think Portsmouth existed until you know until <laughs> should have left it or yeah but no it's like I mean it's like your it's like your redheaded stepchild it's just kind of like eh, you're off on the side you're not you're not important or anything like that. But it really seems like Southampton people are just above the situation, and Portsmouth are really, really bitter about everything. I, I sense that as well. I don't, but then again, I don't know if that's just me being biased. It just feels like they're like they're very like they're utter utter traditionalists, where they can't. There's no willingness to evolve. Where with Southampton, obviously, people were talking about and re- reconnecting how the Dell used to be better than what it is, you know, than what it is today. And I, I could I could see that you don't want to have change with that, but. Overall, the success as a team, as a whole, um, you know, they they're very insular. They're a very insular community where you need to be able to be open and be able to see these different things. So that was kind of something that I noticed. That was, um, yeah, Southampton's way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think part of it's got to be down to the geography that it is an island, and um, yeah, I, I think just a lot of mentality. It, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the position in the league as well. I think, you know, if it was a Premier League rivalry, I think um, maybe the emotions would be a lot different. But I think, yeah, that sort of bitterness is from them remembering their previous glories. rather. Well, than, their previous glory wasn't that long ago, Kevin. You think about their FA Cup in 2008. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. And I remember when they were... I mean, I, I work with a few Portsmouth fans and they still go on about it today. They will not let you forget about it. It's kind of like what, what Liverpool fans will be like for the next 100 years. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we haven't been kind of successful at the same level um, for an extended period of time for, you know, sure. well, maybe forever. Yeah. No, I get that. They seem to like bypass, don't they? Mm. Yeah, that was just something I saw that was because... Uh, once again, you, you chose Southampton, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, who are these? Uh, you know, who are, who are these skates down the down the road for me?" I'm like, "Well, it's and I, I it's like I don't even think anything of them. It's I guess that's my way of uh, understanding the rivalry is that they're not anybody who's important." Yeah, I suppose if they, as, as Kev said, if they were up in the Premier League as well, it'd be more there'd be more noise. But I mean, did you experience the derby this season? So I got to yeah. So I got, uh, I was able to watch watch the game and see it all. And they actually in the my city could beat up your city. The was the the lead up to it. So he the the guy who was doing the 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 demonstration or walking. He was doing the uh, the documentary. Oh, is that the Australian guy? Yeah. yeah. So he was there and he was able to be with all the Portsmouth fans because you sure you sure probably did not want to be in the area no. uh, with the <laughs> Southampton fans at that point in time. Those guys are. They're, they're crazy, but so seeing all that and seeing the build up and how it like it literally 
the biggest thing is that it's 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 not football. It's not it's not the the two teams. It's literally two different types of cultures that with are within a, a super duper close location to each other. Yeah. Best thing about English football is it's the community driven aspect of it. And so circling back to how the team fits in with the community structure alongside the development of the academy, it just makes sense for me to be a fan there. And I'm really happy to be, be one. We're really happy to have you as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, as I say, I think that's about it. So thank you very much for joining us this morning, Tim. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. Cheers, Tim. Pleasure's been all last night. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, Tim. That's <laughs> one, boys. Have a good one. Bye, Cheers, guys. Tim. Bye. I know. See you, mate. Bye. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, I think we're going to start with Steve, actually. A word on your scouting series that you've been doing for your uh, St. Mary stat base. Um, you yeah, did one on... Uh, um, did you, you did it on Jack Stevens, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I think it just kind of started off as like a Friday night kind of boredom. I was just looking around and um, I'd seen this website before, um, Smarter Scout. So you can kind of sign up for just like a free trial and, they, and you have um, a set amount of credits to use for looking at certain players um, and I was thinking you know is this kind of coming up for um, the beginning of the um, the transfer market uh, it might be you know quite a good idea for us to potentially have a look at some signings that could fit well with Saints as just you know like a view from us rather than you know anything that's like solid rumours um, and so I started that with Jack Stevens and kind of got some comparisons to this player in plays in the Swiss League, um, and another guy, I think, plays in the Portuguese League. Um, but it was, it was quite interesting to kind of be able to compare stats and those maybe the kind of players that we should go and look for. And it's almost like it does fit into like Ralph's philosophy, like he'd rather go for a younger player that's mm. maybe been proven for like a season or two, and then he'd like to bring them into the Saints. So I think... For the next one for that, I'd like to look into Hoiberg, and I've already kind of done a bit of work on there, and um, just by looking at the Premier League, um, found that Philip Bill- Philip Billing was kind of yeah. the most like-for-like player for uh, Hoiberg, and that was quite interesting, So I remember last summer, I was seeing that he was free, he was available from Huddersfield, and I thought it would be so good if Saints actually went in for him, and then he ended up going to Bournemouth, so That's I was right, like, yeah. gutted. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think I think it'd be really good. Um, yeah, I'd like to do a few more of those. So yeah, if we get some suggestions from players, then I'd be well up for doing that. That'd be good, actually. I might come up with something for you and see what you can do. Yeah, do it. Cool. Um, guys, are you ready for the quiz? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So today we are going with the year two thousand. This might be a little bit out of your range, Steve. I think Kevin yeah. may, may have a little bit of an advantage on this one. I was five then. Five. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> Back to school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. GCSEs. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm guessing your football knowledge is pretty good, though, so you'll be fine. Oh, you can always have a guess. It, it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, as, as, as usual, if you know the answer, shout your name out. Okay, so we're going to start. Euro 2000. Who won it? Duh. Kevin. Germany. No. No. Oh. How can you not remember um, Euro 2000? Ah, I feel like I should know. 
know this. Uh, remember the World Cup 98, Kev? Oh, that was France, yeah. They won the... Was it... Oh, was it just France then? It was France. They won the double, yeah. didn't they? Uh, so, yeah. Mm. Um, and who was runner-up? Germany? No, it was, Germany. Not, it was not Germany. Um, Netherlands? No, it was Italy. Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, and where was it? Oh, uh, Kevin, it was in Holland and Belgium. It certainly was. Although, actually, Holland doesn't exist anymore. It's actually called Netherlands, officially. The Netherlands, mm. okay. Yeah, it's a region of... You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. I'll give you the point. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Champions League. Who won the Champions League? Oh, shit. No, they weren't shit. They were pretty good. Milan? You didn't say your name. Kevin Milan. No. <laughs> the Juventus? Juventus. I like it. Juventus. No, it was not. It was not Juventus. Juventus. It was those prolific European kings, Real Madrid. Nah. Um. Nah. Anybody know the runner-up? Steve. Go on. Uh, Juventus. It was not Juventus. No. Just always oh, Milan. Juventus. It was not. It was not Milan either. It was actually an all Spanish affair. It was Valencia. Ah. Um. And where did Saints finish in the year? 1999 2000. Uh, Kevin. Go on. 16. Ah! <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm guessing by that reaction it was quite close. <laughs> I'll go 15. It was 15. Sorry, Kev, I kind of gave that away. <laughs> um, and who was top scorer that season? Kevin. Go on. It's got to be. The Latvian Lineker, Marion Pahars. <laughs> it was Marion Pahars. I thought it was a Latvian Owen. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, three teams got relegated that year, obviously. Um, name me one of them. Um, Kevin. Go on. Bradford. No, they stayed up. No. Um, early 2000s teams. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, ah, I was going to say Blackburn, but they were quite good back then. Um, that's a tough one. Didn't City went down as well, didn't they, at some point? City um, did go down at some point. So did Blackburn at some point. Oh, screw it. Yeah, Blackburn. No. It was it was the three W's. Watford, oh. Wimbledon. Well, I say three W's. Watford, Wimbledon and, and Sheffield Wednesday. Oh. So, yeah. Um, FA Cup. So, Kevin, Steve. Man United. No, it was not Man United. Ah, that's good because I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> go Arsenal. It was not Arsenal. It was Chelsea. Um, and the runner-up. Steve. Go on. Arsenal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, Man United. No, <laughs> it was Aston Villa. <laughs> Jesus, this is going well. This is going really well. Okay, so this, I guess, is is the last question. So it could be the decider. Um, who was the top scorer? Kevin Shearer. Yeah. Kevin Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Shearer. No. Um, I'll go Owen. No, it wasn't Michael Owen. I'm going to let you keep going with this because you will get it. And Kev, I'll give you a, give you a clue. You you were halfway there. Oh, Kevin Phillips. It was Kevin Phillips. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, Kevin, Kevin Phillips. Classic. Yes, Kevin, Kevin Phillips. 
That's Kevin what I Kevin. That's why I thought you were saying it. When you went Kevin, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <Really? laughs> Kevin. Okay, Kevin, Kevin Keaton. <laughs> okay, right, and uh, so that means the quiz was was 3-2 to Kevin. So that one did clinch it. Nice one, Kev. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself, Bristol though, Kev. You, you beat someone who was five years old when this was all going on. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> By one point, I might add. Um, and so we're going to do the name the player. Uh, I've made it a little bit easier this week because I think it, 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 is, it is difficult. I've been picking some, some tough ones. So this week we are going to go with Luton Town, Torquay United, Hartlepool United, Wimbledon, Ipswich Town, Sunderland, Southampton, Luton Town, Torquay United, Hartlepool United, Wimbledon, Ipswich Town, Sunderland, Southampton. So, is it Kevin Phillips? It is not Kevin Phillips. Uh, you didn't end his career at Southampton. No, this, 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 uh, this player retired at Southampton. Oh, retired. Oh, okay. So Luton Town, Torquay United, Hartlepool United, Wimbledon, Ipswich Town, Sunderland and Southampton. Torquay's not really ringing any bells. It's in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. As in a player who played them. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I could resist. <laughs> oh, I've got no idea. No, I'll put it out there. Right, okay, uh, Bundesliga check-in. Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to be following uh, Werder Bremen. Well, I will, mm. I still will, but I'm not going to be watching them as closely as I have been. I hope they survive in all this, but um, now the football's back, I've got some Hampton to concentrate on. But we, we we will check in with it anyway. So, Kev, you're um, RB Leipzig. Oh, So, yeah. Uh, 1-1 Freiburg, 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 Freiburg. Uh, 5-0, lo- uh, 5-0 loss to Mainz. How did that happen? No, thrashed them. I watched that. Oh, I'm putting it. I'm putting down. I've put a loss here for some reason. Yeah, they obviously. Well, I've got your points table, so I've got gone from one point to four point, but I've also put a loss, which was confusing me. So yeah, so you've gone from Freiburg, Freiburg one one, and then you you've stuffed Mainz five nil. Hertha Berlin was two two, and then the in that number derby with Cologne. Uh, sorry, Steve, but they uh, got battered for oh four two, wasn't it? Uh. Um, that's, and yeah. the point against Paderborn. Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's a shocker. Ten and minutes. the win yesterday against Hoffenheim. So a good good one for you. Uh, and then we go to Cologne. Uh, started off with a, a draw with Mainz. Mm. And then another draw with Dusseldorf. A loss to Hoffenheim. A loss to Leipzig. A draw with Augsburg. Um, and yesterday, losing to Union Berlin 2-1. Yeah, that's... So that's just embarrassing. That's a shocker, isn't it? That is. um, and, and my Bremen that were fighting relegation, I still are, um, lost 4-1 to Leverkusen, beat Freiburg 1-0. Uh, 0-0 with Mönchengladbach, 1-0 win over Schalke. That was brilliant. Uh, lost 3-0 to Frankfurt, and then followed up by a loss to Wolfsburg. And then yesterday, absolutely spanked Paderborn 5-1. But next up for them is Bayern Munich, so... Unlucky there. So that that leaves our total points at the moment since the resumption. Kevin, your team are on 12. My team are on 10. And Steve, Cologne are on 3. Yeah, floundering at the bottom. Mm, terrible. Yeah, it's only 7 points between. I mean, um, Verda are only in the relegation zone on goal difference. Yeah, they've just got to watch out for that um, 
Dusseldorf, isn't it? That fortunately oh, yeah. mm. above them, and but I think they're playing today. I think they played yesterday. Oh, didn't they played yesterday. Against against today. Dortmund. Oh, that's what they lost. And now Dortmund the beat one now. winner. Yeah. Yes. So that that helps. So yeah, Werder Bremen can still do this, but yeah. Um, and but just a quick mention that we are doing. We are having a mission to find your favourite Saints home shirt in knockout style they're up on our instagram page uh, lots of polls during the week as well so get involved and discuss why you like dislike the said kit of the day um, we opened up with that classic 1983-84 air florida going up against the 1617 virgin media there was a clear winner there actually it was 64 percent of the votes going to the 83-84 strip mm. so yeah that was good uh which i voted for so that's nice um and then we put the, that, the monstrosity of this season's kit against the 1974-76 <laughs> classic from Umbro. And that was a clear winner again. 67% went for the 74-76 strip. So, Who the fuck was fighting for this season's strip? I thought you could put this season's one up against a Pompey shirt and it was <laughs> still there. Straight through. Do you know what? I can actually name and shame them if you like because I have the results. <laughs> so we could just be like, yeah, you... Horrible kit. It is a horrible kit. Um, and we actually have a poll going at the moment, which is incredibly close. But by the time this goes this goes out, um, it will be over. And thanks to you, Steve, <laughs> you've uh, pushed it over the edge. Um, so we've gone for the 1999-2001 Friends Provident Classic with stripes. Um, going up against the 2013 14 AAP from Adidas, you know, the one with the gold writing, and no stripes, I might add. Yeah. Just that red shirt with the gold letters and the Adidas stripes on the arm. Um, I think, it, I think that, as, as I said on the Instagram, it appears to be like a generation thing. I think if you're over the age of 25, you're going to go for that Friends Provident one. And if you're younger, then it seems to be you're going for the, um, the, the Adidas throw. So, yeah, at or the moment... if your memory's shit like mine. I mean, that was a good season. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but I mean, at the moment, it is very, very close. It's actually 49% for Friends Provident and 51%, obviously, for the uh, for the AAP one. So, yeah, I think it was just that was um, that was the first year I went to Southampton. So that's like one of the most vivid kits I remember. I remember um, one of my uni course mates had that shirt with Osvaldo on the back. So that's just like <laughs> sticks out in, <laughs> in the memory. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not a bad shirt, but just like looking at I mean, like previous ones with stripe. I just prefer the classic stripey look. I just always have done. And if I remember, if memory something right, when that first, when that kit first came out, the amount of abuse it got, people were saying that's not a saint shirt. Like, why? Oh, why are they? It. Why are they producing this? They're red and white stripes. That's just a red shirt. I couldn't get it. I don't, and now all of a sudden the, the love is is coming out. Maybe it's just a bit of nostalgia, like you, Steve. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, it, it looks like it's going to win. It's still got a little bit of time left. But but as I say, by the time this one goes out, it would be finished. And there'll be another one up soon enough. So yeah, get 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 voting and get talking about it as well. It'd be nice to uh, to have have some chats about it. Um, actually, before we go, Kev, I've got another little quiz for you if you're up for it. All right. But you have to be really quick. Okay. okay. But uh, just to put more added pressure on you, I did this. Yeah. Well, I say I did this. I got eight of them, and and, and then Jem got the other two. But we did it between us but I, I expect you to get all of them okay 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 so there are 10 countries that have four letters can you name them um chad fiji mali Oman. sorry steve o- oman yeah 
Aman, yeah, well yeah. done. I think the actual quiz, uh-huh. there was three minutes to do it in. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to give you three minutes because we're on a podcast and nobody wants to hear dead air. Um, did, you, did you say Mali? Yeah, you said yeah. You got You got Aman, Fiji, Chad and Mali. Just the four. Uh, Laos? Yep. Sounds good. It's mostly like Africa or South America, um, not South America, Asia, isn't it, I think? Well, I'm not going to say. Um, there's got to be one in, in, in Europe, isn't there? Uh, Do you need me to say? No. <laughs> I don't know if you're asking a question or not. So. No. Uh, it's hard. It is, it is hard. But like I said, I got it. <laughs> I knew he's not going to count, is it? No, it's not. Um, You're not cheating, are you? No, 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 no. no I'm doing. I'm sort of visually going through a map. Yeah, in the world. Visually, you're not. You're not actually you're not physically going through a map, are you? No, I just in my in my mind. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll go on Cuba. Cuba. Oh. I think he's got more than you, Kev. <laughs> yeah, he got Lao, Cuba, and Aman, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's I br- you said um, Fiji, Chad, and Mali, so yes, it's it's even. So it's four left. Okay. Um, no. I really want to do this now. Okay. I got one. What, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm just stressing <laughs> the point. Now, but I know it. Okay. I'm going I'm to give you two minutes. Okay. I have right. I have three minutes. Oh, a Togo. Yes. Well done. That's the last oh, yeah. one I got. That's good. Um, That's good. Oh fuck you now. Does that just? What I'm gonna get? Oh Jesus, a rack and a ram. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Oh. I totally missed that off on a visual map of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that massive part of Western Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if there's a big in that number of podcasts following it in a rack and a ram. Um. Right. Okay. I think that's about it for this week. Um. Actually, we have a Russian phrase, don't we, Kevin? Ah, we do. Aha, can we have it, please? Yeah, I mean, we had to restart last time, um, and uh, a month after that, we, we are restarting. So, um, the Russian phrase, uh, your guy from Labour, that phrase has went off his face. It's, uh, payekhli. Oh, Let's wow. go. Do you know it's that, it's that kh sound? Yeah, you really need to get the kh. Payekhli. 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 Oh, it sounds like the name of a Spanish dish. Payekhli. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Payekhli. Payekhli. Okay. And that means... Let's go. Let's go. Okay. And on that note, we need to go. Yeah, I really need to go. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. And next week, we'll have some football to talk about, lads. Fuck me. It's been a long time. (laughs) Right, okay. So, until... Next week, up the saints. Up the saints. Up the saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.